Hey, I'm Amy from Rebel Nutrition, and you're listening to Wealthy, Worthy, and Wild, a podcast focused on helping you live your most abundant life, whatever that means to you. From money, to entrepreneurship, to manifestation, to wellness and beauty hacks, to the occasional Real Housewives reference, if you're ready to start becoming your next level self, the future version of you who's doing, being, and attracting everything you desire, and having fun while you do it, you are in the right place, and it's time to start showing up as this version of you right now. Let's get into the show. Megan, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you and talk about literally all of my favorite things. So I'm so excited that you're here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I know that this is probably one of the most popular topics that we talk about on my podcast. So you guys that are listening, um, Megan does human design, astrology, quantum healing, Akashic records, wealth, money, manifestation, like all of the things. So we're going to get into all of that today. But I guess to start, I'm curious how you kind of came into the line of work that you do. Yeah. So I started out as just a business coach. I would call myself like a business mindset and manifestation coach, which the whole thing came about with me following my human design. I just didn't know it at the time where I wanted to basically just like make money off of the things that I loved and share that with help them do the same thing. Um, And then when I discovered human design and I started using it for myself and my business, that's how I started to incorporate it into my work with my clients. And then it kind of took off from there. And I started working with clients on using their own human design to scale their business, make money with their passions and connect to like their soul blueprint and do things the way that they're meant to instead of following like a cookie cutter strategy and like rules and doing things in a way that are draining rather than energizing them and giving them the freedom they actually want. How did you realize that you were kind of following your human design before you really knew what human design was? Um, I would say at the time I didn't realize that that's what I was doing, but after looking back in it and with all the human design knowledge I have now, I'm a generator. So I'm meant to just do what lights me up and share that with other people. And that attracts the things that I want and then helps also raise the vibration of whoever is getting that energy from me as well. And so by me kind of just like following the things that satisfied me in the moment when it came to business and what I wanted to do and my purpose and passions and seeing how looking back, I was naturally following what I usually call like the sacral breadcrumbs of like generators and manifesting generators when we're just kind of like following the one thing that brings us joy and then the next and the next and then it just builds up until like you end up having a whole business around doing what you love to do and you end up like manifesting your dream life because you are following that natural pull that's your human design which we're always connected to it's just we get a lot of conditioning and other people's energy muddied into that, that disconnects us from following the natural pull and intuition we have that is our human design. Do you have any specific examples of what what following those like sacral breadcrumbs, as you said, what that looked like for you, like specifically on a day-to-day basis? What were the things that you were following that led you to kind of where you are now? I think for me, because again, like going back to being like a generator, we're wired for self mastery over time. And so I think a lot of it had to do with like the desire to 
master myself, master my passions, master my purpose. And each day that kind of looked like paying attention to the things that light or lit me up, um, whether that was seeing other people do things that I was interested in or seeing other people living the life that I wanted to live in. Like, what about that excited me? Like, what about the things that they were doing lit me up? What about their success and the things they were manifesting lit me up? What about like the way they were going about doing things lit me up and kind of follow those and then do what felt like the most exciting thing as like the next step. I guess this is also a good place to bring in profile and human design because that's how we kind of then like go about experiencing making things happen. And for me, I'm a three, five. So as a three, you're meant to just throw yourself into the deep end and like figure things out and make a bunch of like messy mistakes. And that's how you learn what works and doesn't work. So also that a lot of that was me just trying a bunch of different things and figuring out from like failures and mistakes and errors, like, okay, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. I actually didn't like this. I actually want to do this more. And just that turned into me refining everything into what it is now. I love that. I think so many of us have such a, and this is what I love about human design too, is that so many of us are, it's almost like we feel like it's wrong to just simply follow the things that feel good or feel right to us. It's almost like we are self-sabotaging in the way that it's like, oh no, if I do something that feels too easy and I don't struggle enough to get it, then I'm never going to get the I shiny, successful end result that I'm looking for. But I've noticed that in my business too. I mean, and I don't know if this is a thing specific to generators. Maybe you can speak on this, but like every time I follow just the thing that feels good. So whether that's, you know, I'm going to create a YouTube video today instead of writing this email, or I'm trying to think of specifics because I think that sometimes that can like really help for people. Um, or like, I'm going to go take a walk outside instead of continuing to work harder and do more, because even though I think the work quote unquote is going to get me to my end result, actually what's going to get me there faster is taking a break because then when I come back to my work, I'm going to be a lot more efficient and work a lot faster. So like things like that, I think are so kind of counterintuitive, but following those can really make a huge difference. And um, so obviously we're going to get into a little bit more of the specifics about human design, but I just wanted to say too, if anyone's listening to this and they are um, maybe this is one of the first episodes of mine that they've listened to, we have a bunch of other episodes on human design that cover kind of the basics. So I will link to those in the show notes, but definitely like you can just search my pod old podcast recordings. There's so many of them. And those ones I would start with because they're a little bit more basic. This one, we're going to kind of jump around a little bit. So um, if you're new to human design, do that first. <laughs> okay. So I want to talk a little bit about a little bit more about profiles because I don't think that's really something we've talked a lot about. So you said you're a generator three, five, and the three indicates the first number indicates the things that, um, is it, which one is the, like, is one of the, one of the numbers is more internal and one of them's like external or something like that. So the first number of your profile is going to be the more like internal. So it's more how you experience yourself. Um, and then the last number is going to be more external and how other people experience you. And you might not because it's coming from unconscious energy. So you're still that second number. You're just more unconscious of it, but other people see you as that versus you're more aware of that first number and you see yourself more like going through life as that first number. Okay. And then what does the, what does the five represent? Cause you explained the three, um, but 
Yeah, the five is called, like, there's so many different names now for everything in human design. The five is called, like, um, sometimes it's called, like, the natural leader, the teacher, the, like, heretic is kind of, like, the traditional word, which I don't really like that word for it. Um, and that's more of, like, the, like, the very charismatic, like, is a, the type of person who is, like, teaches creative solutions, kind of the person that, everyone sees as like the problem solver to help them out kind of with whatever they need help with. So like a three, five is someone who kind of has to figure things out by making mistakes and learning from actual experiences and doing things. And then usually can take those trial and errors and then give people solutions and help people learn from their own mistakes to help either um, people solve their problems help people get to where they want to go without having to make all the same mistakes that you had to make to figure that stuff out. Um, so the three, five is usually called like the, the great life experimenter and teacher. Amazing. Uh, would you say for people that are listening, do you think that the profile is one of the more important things to know about your chart, which anyone listening, if you, if you pull up your chart, it'll tell you on there, like what it is, um, as well as your energy type and all of that. But do you think that, how important, I guess, do you think that the profile is for people? I would say before you get into even like your energy centers, I would want to make sure like a client knew their profile. So like if I did a reading for someone, I would go through their energy type strategy and authority because those are the three most important things. And then I would go into profile before anything else. Um, because it's like with your profile, unlike a lot of other things, there's usually not a lot of conditioning. Like we naturally are always acting as our profile because it's like our personality. So I find that most people aren't not being their profile. A lot of times it's just like the mental conditioning people have around the, the way they are. And usually also kind of like a confidence thing. So usually with the first number, I find that some people might be like, I feel like I'm not supposed to be doing it this way, or like, I should be doing it a different way, or something's wrong with me. Like when I first found out that I was a three, five, it made so much sense. Cause I used to always feel like, why can't I just get it together? Like, why can't I just like not be making mistakes all the time? Like, why can't it just be like smooth sailing? And then I figured out like, oh, that's how I meant to like, learn and actually be successful and the more I just let myself make mistakes and not even see them as mistakes but like lessons and pivots the more successful I'm going to be and the easier things are actually going to be um and with the second number usually it's about learning to build like for some people around the second number because you don't see yourself that way like other people do so for example with me and a five I used to never see myself as like a leader or someone that people wanted to go to to help solve their problems. So especially when I started business and I was becoming that person, I had to work on like my self-concept around being that five energy um, versus me seeing myself more as the three. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm a six, two generator. Um, it's funny because my husband is actually a three, five generator, just like you. So this, the six, two, I think is role model, which I totally, I, I actually, both of mine, I really resonate with <laughs> like the six is role model. And then the two is hermit, I think. Yeah. So like, you need a lot of like 
inner time by yourself, which I almost feel like I resonate with the second number more than the first. I know that that's probably surprising to people who are listening to this, but um, yeah, so, so, so interesting. And I guess, well, so you also do astrology too. So what are your, I was, I meant to ask you this at the beginning, but what are your big, what are your big three sun, moon, rising? I'm a Sagittarius sun, Scorpio moon, Pisces rising. Mm, okay. I guess after, after talking about profile, I am curious. And I, as I was looking through your Instagram account, there's so many good nuggets on there, but you had this post about how each human design type can step into their wealthiest CEO era. And I really loved that. So Everybody listening to this, I'm assuming probably already knows what their energy type is. If you don't know what it is, you can just pause this and go get a free chart right now. Um, what, what's the what's your favorite like place to pull a chart? Uh, mybodygraph.com or myhumandesign.com. Okay, um, so pull that. You could just put in your like birthday time, location, everything and get your chart. So what would you say, like, can you explain to people how each, each energy type can become their wealthiest CEO this year? Um, I'll start with generators since we're both generators. Perfect. I love it. (laughs) Generators this year to step into your wealthiest CEO self, get a little bit more selfish and just honestly, like do whatever you want. Like, don't, I would say like, stop planning so much stop maybe strategizing so much or if you do have strategies like lean on like simple and like automated or whatever is simple for you and just have more fun with your business like follow your sacral don't like do it before you think about it and that's going to help you build that momentum and really step into magnetizing feelings of wealth and then actually magnetizing more material wealth for manifesting generators give yourself more outlets. Um, Don't just put like all your eggs in one basket and stick to doing one thing. Give yourself the freedom to in permission slip to do multiple things, try out multiple things, even if it's just uh, like new passions or new hobbies, because that's going to help uh, organize your energy in a way that's going to be more efficient for you rather than thinking that you have to do one thing or niche yourself down or um, put yourself into a box and also trust where you're going because manifesting generators move a lot faster than all the other energy types. And sometimes that can feel a little bit scary for manifesting generators. But especially now that we're in a place where like business is shifting a lot into the way we're doing business, manifesting generators are kind of the pioneers at like showing us how we can be very multifaceted, multifaceted and multi-passionate and still be very successful and um, step into our wealthiest selves that way. Um, for projectors, I would say less is more. Turn into like your self-care queen era for this year. Um, and really focus on like one doing the work that makes yourself feel successful instead of working towards like material success to then feel successful. And then giving yourself the own recognition you need in terms of like the gifts and the wisdom and the, um, the, the knowledge that people come to you for going to help projectors step into their wealthiest selves. Um, for manifestors, more fun, less work. Um, Really hone in on mastering your creative rest cycle 
in whatever feels constricted or constrictive, whatever feels like you're putting yourself in a box or just feels like not fun, like make a list of everything that you do and just ask yourself, is this fun or not? Like, does this feel freeing or not? And everything that like doesn't feel fun or doesn't feel freeing, like throw it out the window. Don't do it. You don't need to do it or delegate it if it's something that is like, it has to absolutely be done, but someone else can do it for you. Um, And then last for reflectors, go on more adventures. Let your schedule loosen up a little bit. Intuition take over a little bit more and put yourself in environments that are supportive, that feel really good and that leave room for you to really be surprised and delighted. Because with any of the energy types to step into your wealthiest self, you want to really focus on like, what do I need to do to feel what my signature is, which each energy type has their own signature, which is basically like what your own unique, like highest vibration or like feeling you can have that tells you you're in alignment and you're on the right path. I love that. And then how is there a part of our chart um, so when you're looking at your chart and like seeing all the different colors, of energy centers and everything, is there a place in each of our chart where we can look to determine like what our unique wealth identity is or the unique way that we are able to make money? Is there a place that we can look for that? Um, you can look for everywhere in your chart. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, because honestly, you could look at every piece of your chart ha- deals with like different themes. And so like the way that I teach wealth and money is like, it's not just about material money. Like there's so many pillars and layers and like depth to uncovering like wealth and money and like your own experiences that you've had up until this point and what you want from it. And so each part of your chart can tell you like a story in terms of different pieces of wealth um, and money and ways that you can look at it and different gifts that you can hone in. Um, And it can even tell you like, what conditioning and blocks and shadows you have around money and wealth. Um, I would say like two places that I like to specifically start with after going over the basics with people. Um, One, the heart center, or it's also called the ego or will center because the center specifically deals with success in terms of like material success. So including money. And it also deals with like the way that you work in terms of your willpower and motivation for working towards money and material things. And it also deals with self-worth, which a lot of people tie self-worth to money. So learning how to, what that means for you, whether it's defined or undefined is usually the first center that we really dive deep into because that usually has almost everyone has a lot of conditioning around money in that center, unless they had a really lucky childhood where they didn't take on any parents like money issues or like mindset and beliefs and stuff like that, or they've already done a lot of work um, around that themselves. And then since you specifically said wealth identity, um, before we, Sorry to cut you off, but before we get into that, can you can you say or explain the difference between if somebody has their heart slash will center defined versus undefined and like what that can tell you about your maybe conditioning around money or like what to do? Yeah. So I'll start off with undefined. So if you have a center undefined, you're usually going to be more vulnerable to conditioning because that means you take in other people's energy. You don't have your own consistent energy there. So for people who have it undefined, um, they might tie their self-worth to money a lot. They might feel the pressure to constantly need to be like 
working and like over committing and proving their value and their worth in order to get money. Um, when some things that people who have an undefined heart center can do is one, like separate the concept that like more self-worth equals more money because that just doesn't work for people who have an undefined heart and work in cycles where you allow yourself to rest a lot more. Don't feel like you constantly have to be like motivated or have this like unlimited willpower to like work and hustle towards your goals just to either prove that you deserve it or to feel like, oh, I have to work consistently, have to constantly be motivated. Um, and people who have an undefined heart center aren't meant to be solely motivated by money or material things. So it's really important for them to kind of find something else that's motivating them because if they're just trying to work and the only thing that's really motivating them to show up every day and work is like the money or the success or whatever, it's going to be very energetically draining and cause frustration or anger, bitterness, whatever their energy type, not self theme is. Um, and for defined heart centers, these people are meant to be more motivated by money and material stuff. So one uncovering, like, do you have conditioning around being motivated by that? Because we kind of like live in a world where we're supposed to be ambitious but like it's you shouldn't say like oh I'm really motivated by like money or like the successful stuff because then people think you're just like money hungry or you're greedy or like enough is never enough so like it's you know unpacking whatever conditioning you have around that um people who have a defined heart usually inherently feel very worthy of the things that they want in terms of like material stuff without feeling like they need to prove themselves um and embody that and so looking like do I have any conditioning around that like um for example I have a defined heart and I got conditioning from like when I was growing up that like you need to prove that you're like that you're grateful or that you worked hard enough for stuff you can't just like show up and like already feel like oh I'm like worthy of whatever I want and I don't have to prove it to other people so I had to like unpack a lot of that when I started working on human design and money but also having a defined heart like you don't need to just because you have the willpower to constantly like work for money and successful things you don't need to constantly be tapping into that willpower because with having a defined heart you're meant to work in cycles of working to rest so not working like 8 10 12 hours a day like five days a week and things like that just to get that next income goal or next success milestone. I love that. I learning about the the will center or the heart center is like so interesting to me. I think probably for this reason. And it's funny that you said I I have a defined um heart center as well. It's funny what you said about um like people with defined heart centers being motivated by money and like how that's kind of like taboo to say. And just PSA to everyone out there. I think money is a great motivator and I totally am motivated by money. I mean that that's if we're being truthful, I mean, isn't that one of the reasons, if not the main reason most of us start our businesses? And that's not to say that you're money hungry. It's just the world that we live in. We need money to survive and to pursue the things we want to do and to take care of ourselves and our families. And there's nothing wrong with being motivated by money and wanting more of it because when good people have more money, we make the world a better place. We can do more things with it. So I'm like very unapologetic. I mean, and this it's taken me a while to get to this place, but I'm very unapologetic now about the fact that like, yeah, I'm motivated by money. Like 
Of course, like this is why we start businesses and we are, you know, taking the risk and overcoming the fears to do these things. So um, I love that. And then sorry to, I cut you off before because you started to talk about, I think, wealth identity. So <laughs> please continue. <laughs> no, you're fine. So, cause you brought up wealth identity. Um, there's one center that I specifically look at for that too. And I just taught um, a masterclass on it a couple months ago. Uh, it's the G center, or it can be called the identity center. And so this is where you can look at kind of how one, like how you just work with the the concept of identity anyways, based on if that center is defined or undefined. And then you can look at the defined gates that you have in that center to kind of help you navigate how you identify with wealth, but beyond the material side of wealth, which I think is a really important thing to work with um, because it makes the material side of wealth a lot easier when you work on like having a holistic wealth embodiment rather than just like, what does the version of me who has like a million dollars in the bank, like eat or what clothes does she buy? And like things like that. Can you give some specific examples of like how we would start to work on that or figure out what ours is telling us? Um, So I would first start working with like, just the center being defined or undefined because that can tell you a lot so for example if you have it defined um you have a consistent sense of like your identity and who you are and the direction that you're going in um and like purpose and passion and sometimes it can even be like you feel like a magnetic pull to like who you are and like where you're meant to go next in order to uh grow your purpose and like achieve your goals and stuff like that it just might not make sense. So any conditioning you have around that, working through it, um, but also like getting more comfortable with like who is that wealth identity version of you, a little bit similar to having a defined heart because usually in our defined centers, our conditioning is probably going to center around like being too much in that center. So you would want to work on like when it comes to my identity, especially around money or wealth, where do I feel like I'm too much or where have I been told to like tone it down or like you're a little bit too much in that area and work on feeling those parts. Whereas people who have an undefined um, identity center can often feel like lost when it comes to their identity and direction and can then take on like other people's identities. So one, it's good to see is this really me? Is this really what I want? What I value? Who I am? Or am I just taking it in from someone else around me? But also not like attaching to old money identities because that's a pattern that I see with a lot of undefined G-Center people is because they don't know what their like new or wealthier identity is. They cling on to older money identities or wealth identities that might not be serving them, that might be coming from a place of lack or scarcity. And so learning to do whatever work needs to be done to let go of that and then establishing like what do I want my wealth identity to look like and maybe if uh there's no like specifics what does that feel like and it can be very fluid on like just waking up every day and being like well what does it feel like today what does it feel like the next day instead of needing to feel like it has to be consistent because with undefined g-centers identity is more like fluid and inconsistent instead of like you wake up the same, you wake up every day and you're like, have have the same exact identity throughout your entire life. It doesn't work like that for people who have an undefined um, G-Center. And for the gates, 
there's so many different way, like layers to unpack with the gates. Um, and the gates get to be like a little bit more of an advanced part of human design. So I would say if you're going to look into the gates for your G center, there are different ways that you could go about it. You could one, just look at like whichever one you intuitively are feeling called to the most might be the one for you to start working with. You could look at like the planets that are activated by the gates. And if there's maybe certain planets that stick out to you, then maybe starting to work with that gate more. Um, like for me, the two gates that I have defined in my G center are my South Node and North Node. And so I started working with my South Node gate first and then my North Node gate. Um, so the planets that are activated by those can also kind of give you more insight into how that gate might be um, showing up in your life and how you can work with it and how you can like embody that gate to grow well that's really interesting i don't know for connected to the g center because i know in astrology like the south and north node tell you about like past life and kind of where you're going in this life right so is that true for everybody's g center like there's something no, so it's oh it's be, not okay yeah, no, it's not. so it'll be different for everyone um so but like for example like let's like I'm just gonna throw out like a hypothetical example out here like let's say you have um or I'll do like a recent client example like I had a client who only had two gates and her g-center defined one was for Jupiter and one was for Pluto so since Jupiter deals directly with like abundance opportunities luck and expansion we look we started working on that gate before we went to the Pluto gate so if you did want to work on your gates in terms of like the planets that they're activated by you could look at, okay, well, what does this planet represent? What do I, does it match the themes that I want to be working on right now? Okay. That makes sense. I'm, I'm curious too, like the, the difference between the defined center and the undefined. So would you say that it's true that somebody with an undefined G center kind of just leaning into the fact that every day they could wake up and feel almost like they have a different identity and like that's normal for them based on, you know, who they're spending time with or the books they're reading or the things they're consuming on social media. Whereas like a defined um, G center is somebody who like wakes up every day and they know exactly who they are and they're confident and they're not changing. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always make the joke that like with business owners who have an undefined G center, I you can always tell when they started working with a new coach because their branding changes and starts <laughs> like their new coach is branding. And it's not like an intentional thing. It's just like you said, when you're around certain people, you're absorbing energy. And so it can be easy to not be aware, like, oh, this isn't actually my identity or this isn't actually my direction or my purpose. So it's good to have that center undefined do like a check-in with themselves to be like, okay, well, what's mine? What's not mine? And using their strategy and authority to decide like what they want to keep versus what's not aligned and they need to go of. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask is like, so then how do they know what their purpose is or what is actually right for them when they're feeling a different way every day? It's so what you're saying is checking in with your strategy, your authority. Um, yeah. And again, you guys, if you want to know what all these are, like we cover it in depth in past human design episodes. So I will link to all of those in the show notes. Um, okay. That is so interesting. So basically, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but every center kind of, is there a way that tells us something about the way that we make money? 
So about six years ago, I was living as a minimalist in a tiny house, thousands of dollars in debt, never spending a dime on anything non-essential. And I just started to have this feeling like, I want more than this. I want freedom to make my own schedule, to travel the world, to take bougie vacations and not limit myself to the cheapest food item on every menu anymore. Most importantly, I wanted to make an impact and help tons of people all over the world without hustling or working myself into the ground. Maybe some of you listening can relate to this. I just knew that there had to be a way to make passive, scalable income while I was at the spa. And even though everyone else thought that I was crazy, I created created my first online nutrition course and proved everybody wrong. Online courses are a way to provide value to an unlimited amount of people at once in a completely passive way. Meaning you could be making thousands of dollars and enrolling new students while you're at the spa, which is actually something I do almost every week now. At this point, I've helped over 2,700 entrepreneurs in all different industries like real estate, hairstyling, makeup, homeschooling, motherhood, interior design, graphic design, human design, astrology, business and marketing, photography, language, social media, and so many others create profitable, scalable, and passive online courses inside my program, Online Course Academy. To learn more about Online Course Academy, how to choose a profitable topic, how to grow your audience from scratch without ads, and how to start selling your online course passively, I would love to have you come join my free masterclass called How to Make Passive Income with Your Own Online Course. The link to join the masterclass will be in the show notes of this episode and will also be linked in my Instagram bio at Rebel Nutrition. Remember, this is a completely free class, so there's literally no risk to join, but the rewards could pay off passively for years to come. See you there. Yeah, every center can tell you things about like how you make money. It could tell you the ways that you might be resisting money. Um, like when I work with clients, we basically will go through like each center and do like a deep dive into each center on like how this specific center works in terms of like how you're meant to attract money when using that center and where you might be blocking money center. That's so interesting. And obviously I don't think we have time to go through every single center, but one, uh, one of the other centers I wanted to cover is the sacral. Um, cause I, another thing that I saw you post about was how, you know, if you're somebody who wants more views, more followers, more sales, more money, the answer isn't always necessarily to be doing more and what you can do instead, like has to do with your sacral. Can you explain that a little bit? Okay. Yeah. So I would say this, this could be true. Like that thought of like doing more could be true for if you have it defined or undefined, because for like those of us who have it defined, sometimes there's like that conditioning that, well, I have all this energy, so I should be using it to like work or do things that are like productive and stuff like that to reach my goals versus people who have it undefined, um, who aren't the majority of the population might look at like generators and manifesting generators and see, well, they're putting out all this energy and all this work, or they have more energy than I do. So I need to have that same level of energy or put that much output into the things that I'm doing in order to get like more sales, clients, views, um, stuff like that. So with um, generators and manifesting generators, really breaking down like what do you think is productive versus isn't productive or will get you sales or not because it's 
it doesn't necessarily mean that just because we have all that energy means that we need to use all of it to do like what we would traditionally consider productive. Like your excitement and your satisfaction is going to be like the most magnetic thing and the best strategy in terms of attracting things like sales and views and clients and money. So it's going to be more beneficial to put your energy into things like content that excites you, like sharing the different things you're passionate about, like doing the things that satisfy you in your business and outside of your business as well versus um, you know, whatever the cookie cutter strategy is that you've been taught or putting in more hours or showing up more online, um, or even just having like offers and business structures that don't align with you versus having an undefined sale is going to be like listening more to your energetic, um, your energetic battery, or I'll call it like your kind of like a gas gauge that's telling you how much energy you have to output and having way more boundaries around like saying no, like resting before you hit like empty on your, um, on your energetic gas tank. Um, not trying to like keep up with the way anyone else is maybe doing things in order to assess. And sometimes with people who have an undefined state, it might be more of like a, like a mindset shift to making sure your beliefs match up with you don't need to be working X amount of hours or doing X amount of things in your business or working as much or as hard or putting as much energy in to get more out of your business. Sometimes it's about doing less and the same can also be applied to define safe rules too. Okay. I love that. So, so interesting. So I kind of want to now pivot away from human design a bit and talk about the other things that you are an expert in. So astrology. And also, um, I saw that you have an offer for quantum healing and like past life ancestral money blocks. So I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about that. Can you explain number one, just what quantum healing is and then like maybe who it's for? Yeah. I think everyone who does quantum healing has like a different definition based on the way that they approach it. My approach is just not having to necessarily like, like a way to, to work through different blocks and resistance and achieve more alignment in your higher level timeline and the version that you want to become like your higher self past just going through like the mindset. Um, so for me, a lot of this is energetic healing, like past lives, light language, um, ancestral healing, like really diving into like the energetic layers of our soul in order to, um, do things in a way that maybe is going to be more efficient than like mindset work or like affirmations or kind of like what I would call like the surface level things. So how do you figure out, like, let's say you have past life trauma or, you know, ancestral money blocks that are kind of impacting your life now, how do you pinpoint that that's what they are and then get, and then like start working through them or versus how do you just, I don't know, like, so to give everyone an example, like, let's say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, let's say you have just a kind of irrational fear about, I don't know. I mean, do you have an example of like something that you work with clients? You probably know better than I do. 
honestly, like, I was talking with someone the other day about this. So I was like, the reason why sometimes I have a hard time, like, marketing this or making content around this is because it's such an intangible and intuitive thing that it's not like I have this, like, specific method that I can, like, wrap up in a pretty bundle and, like, market um, that way. But, and it depends on everyone. Like, everyone who does similar work is going to be different. But for me, it's more intuitive. So sometimes I have clients who come to me and already know this themselves through whatever own experiences they have. Um, you could figure these things out. Like if you did a past life regression session um, where you could maybe intentionally look for one, a lot of times it comes up very like intuitive and the clients will kind of like confirm it because I like to make sure that clients are also using their own intuition and um, spiritual discernment when we're working together. And it's not just me sitting here telling you, well, you have this and you have that. like that type of thing um with ancestral sometimes like one I want to look at like what their current family money blocks are and then dig deeper past that and a lot of times it does intuitively come up when we go through like guided meditations and guided energy work together and I have them kind of explore those different parts of their um past lives or ancestors as well those things will kind of come up intuitively through the client and then that's how we start working on those. So when you're working with a client and you're, cause I know you said you want to kind of work with their intuition too, but on your end, are you like channeling things for them or how does that work? How do you get the information for them? If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I, have you ever, heard, so have you heard of like the Claire, like I could just call them like the Claire's like clear, um, buoyant, clear cognizant, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so my strongest one is clear cognizant, which just means that like information pops into your head. Um, so that's like the tapping. That's my main gift that I, um, how I like channel this this type of information is through clear cognizant. Um, usually when going through sessions with clients, I'll get like an inkling, like a little intuitive nudge of like, I think it's this. But then I want to guide them through it so that their own tuition intuition like comes to that conclusion as well. And usually once they start to feel more open to it, then more information and more channeled information around maybe the specific situation starts to come through. Well, that's probably a lot more powerful for somebody too, if they kind of are being guided to find the answer themselves versus you just telling them like, Hey, this is your block or whatever, you know? Yeah. And some people can be in a place where they're not maybe ready necessarily to work through certain things. And so if you get like the intuitive download or you channel like, Oh, this is an issue for them. But if they're not in a place to even hear that or work through that, then like there might be very resistant to it or not even think that that's an issue. And so it's more beneficial to work on things that a client's going to be open to working on. And usually that's going to come from them also kind of getting that clarity through their own intuition of seeing like, hey, I see that this is where this is coming from or where this issue is rooted in or what I need to work on next. How did you realize that you had the gift of clear what is it clear cognizance of knowing yes. did you when you were little did you like just know things about family members or how did you how did you realize that this was um honestly I didn't realize it until I like looking back I can see where I've always had that gift I just didn't realize it until I started like actually diving into my own spiritual gifts and like putting 
came to certain things and learning more about it. Like, just like knowing, I guess this is a little bit like clear, like knowing when like certain things were going to happen like ahead of time or um, like just like, especially with client work, like knowing information that there's no way I'd know it unless like it dropped into my head or even like when I was a kid um, and like going through school, which this also, this calls me like so much frustration in school is like when you have to show your work for things but I wouldn't show my work for things because I would skip a lot of steps because I like the answer would just drop into my head and it'd be like, no, you need to show your work or you need to like cite your sources. And I'm like, but how do I cite something that's just like in my brain, not something that I had to look up. So, um, yeah, it got like, when I started working more in like the spiritual world and like my spiritual journey and like awakening, that's when it kind of came to more like a spiritual intuitive level where I started to be more aware of it and then be more intentional about using it. And then also more conscious of like, oh, that came from, you know, I, it just dropped into my head. Or um, recently I was working with another medium who was talking about when you have like these different gifts and you want to start learning, like, where did it come from? When you get like a download or a message or a channel message or whatever, you can ask yourself, did I think it or did I feel it or did I hear it or did I see it in my mind's eye? And that can kind of help guide you towards like what different like psychic gifts you're, you're using. Do you think everybody has them on some level? It's just a matter of whether you kind of listen to it and practice it. Or do you think some people kind of just naturally have the gift and others don't? I think everyone has it. I think some people might be more like naturally predisposed to experiencing it stronger than others, but I think everyone has it. It's just a matter of like, are you going to accept it and then use it? Cause it's kind of like learning a foreign language. Like if you don't practice it and you don't use it, it's going to go away and you might forget versus like, if you're using it every day, it's going to be just like a second language to you that you can speak fluently kind of like your just intuition in general, I think too, yeah. the more that you practice using that muscle, the stronger it's going to be and more obvious with things. And then if you go a long time, like ignoring what your intuition tells you, it's going to feel mm-hmm. like you're in your head a lot, trying to like think your way out of decisions when like your intuition is always there. You just have to listen to it. Um, and then I'm also curious about Akashic records. I've talk to a couple people about this and it's so interesting to me, but can you explain a little bit about what Akashic records are? And then also same kind of question. Is that something that anybody can tap into or do you have to be like trained in it? Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I didn't get trained in it except like reading a book and like wor- not really working with people, but I have friends who do it more frequently than I do. Um, but it's like, I feel like it's so hard to, to explain. There's this episode that I think it was an ancient aliens episode. And it was talking about how like humans can like, they achieve like a different state of like, um, I can't remember what the word was that they used. I have an undefined head in Ajna. So I like forget things. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. hard for me to recall like specific details of information. I can't remember what they called it, but they, in um what is his name like uh Pac or like I can't remember his name Chopra Dupac or something oh I Deepak Chopra 
Wait, yes. is that his name? Okay, I'm like, wait, is that? Did I make that up? <laughs> I don't know. It's something along those lines. Um, but he was featured on that and they did like a scan of his brain or something, and they were talking about how like when humans get in like a very meditative state, they achieve like these different like like states of being or reality, and how that's how um one of those can be like the Akashic records, which is basically you can just think of it as like this universal cosmic library. Um, cause they were explaining in that episode how that's maybe like an explanation, how like ancient civilizations got the information to build like the pyramids and like all those other things. Um, but like on a personal level, like using it with clients and the way that I've had like other people use it with me is like accessing information about, um, it could be anything like ancestral past life information, um, like soul contracts with other people in your life, um, specific situations, um, even like family members and stuff like that. Like I did a session with one of my friends who does this as well, um, recently. And she was able to like access information about like a family member and how that was like, and how that affected like all these other people around the country too, who had like same experiences with other family members. So it's one of those things that like, it's has such unlimited potential for the way that it can be used. And there's so many different possibilities. Um, but I think anyone can do it too. It's just like the same thing. I think anyone can do like anything spiritually. I think that there might be certain people where that's easier for them or they're more gifted in it um, or it comes more natural to them. But I think if anyone wants to do something, they can. Um, I've seen people who do like trainings on it, uh, there's like books on it on Amazon. There's one really good book. I can't remember the exact name of it. I think it's called like opening up the Akashic records or something like that. I can't remember the exact name. It's like an orangish cover okay. on Amazon. That's a really good book if you want to read about it and kind of learn how to do it yourself. And I think for some people too, it is just like a natural intuitive thing that comes to them. Are there any, so there's that book. Are there any other spiritual books or like resources that kind of helped you in your journey that you could share with people? Um, so many, <laughs> read so many books. Um, I would say psychic, Witch was one, if people really want to get into like more, like their spiritual gifts and like psychic gifts and stuff like that is a really good one that kind of teaches you how to hone in on um like meditation and more like psychic gifts and stuff like that um I'm trying to think of like super spiritual specific ones I know this is kind of like a basic one but super attractor by Gabby Bernstein I think is a really good one in terms of like if you really just want to master like the basics of your mindset and energy and manifesting with that I think that's a really good one and also asking it is given um is a really good one um the big leap was like my gateway into all these types of books. And I think that like kind of was changed my life in terms of my spiritual journey and awakening. And I would really recommend that one. Um, but yeah, if you want to do, if someone specifically really wants to work on like spiritual gifts, I would say Akashic Records, Super Tracker does have a, section on like your spirit guides and angels so I would say if you want to start working with like angels or spirit guides and stuff like that that section in that book is really great because that's how I first started working with angels was through that book um and then if you really want to hone in on like uh psychic abilities and gifts psychic witch is a really good thing 
Amazing. I love those recommendations. Okay. So last thing I want to ask you about is just more about your business, because I know a lot of people that follow me are kind of in the health, wellness, spirituality world. And like you said a couple of times, sometimes with the spirituality realm, it is a little bit harder to kind of quantify exactly the result that you're getting for somebody or what you're helping them with. So I'm curious, like, can you tell us a little bit about your business model? Like what are the things that you're offering that you're selling in order to monetize? Um, and then also just to the extent that you feel comfortable with, if you want to talk about like specifics of money and, you know, where you started and where you got or where you are now. Um, so when I first started my business, I was following, I think how like everyone kind of taught coaches to like do their business for like, you start with one-on-one and you scale that way. And then you do like a group program and then you do a mastermind and then you work your way down to like master classes and passive offers and courses and stuff like that. Um, the way I want run my business now is I just do whatever I want to do, <laughs> whatever I like doing. Um, for me personally, I really like any offers that have one-on-one or or like small group where I can go really deep with other people just because I feel like that is how I work best and I feel like with the type of work I do it's a lot easier and more um powerful to really be able to go super super deep with people and then I also have like master classes and stuff like that which usually are live at first but then are passive and for me, I try and give as much information on that topic as possible so people can still feel like they got a similar deep dive into whatever that masterclass was supposed to be about as if they had like a one-on-one session for me or with me. Um, and I would say I found this business model because the traditional way of scaling your business with like the coaching business model structure was not working for me. And it was causing me like more frustration and it's actually costing me money by trying to feel like, or by believing that I needed to scale and like completely sell out my one-on-one before I started making courses or selling a masterclass and all this other stuff. And I would say probably like almost a year into my business um, is when I kind of like stopped trying to follow that business model because it really wasn't getting me anywhere. And I was having one-on-one clients, but it wasn't anywhere near how many one-on-one clients I could take. And I was felt like there were these offers that wanted to be created and come through me. And what was the point of not creating them just because I haven't sold out my one-on-one coaching yet? And so I kind of just said, like, screw it (laughs) to like those different strategies that I was taught. And I think I made like, I did like a master class. I ended up doing like three master classes really close together and it ended up doing really well. And then I start that. That's also when I started doing um, my money mind. And then I've done like other random offers through that, but kind of just creating what I wanted to create and not trying to follow like these rules that we're taught or like anyone else's business structure or what's considered like the norm in the industry allowed me to have way more opportunities for growing my income, for getting different types of people in my offer suite, um, for taking people like through the customer journey rather than just kind of like pigeonholing myself into one-on-one coaching, which at the end of the day was like less people could get into my world through just that one offer. And that also means like less money you can make if you're just pigeonholing yourself in one type of offer or feeling like you need to follow these types of rules. 
And then that's was also kind of like my catalyst catalyst until like scaling to and past 10K months was like just creating the offers I wanted to create rather than feeling like I need to follow this like stream of like or the string of structure on how you're meant to like scale your business with like very specific types of offers and like the order in which you launch those offers. Well, I think that the way that you grew and scaled your business was like a perfect example of human design too, especially as a generator. Cause I felt the same way as like, okay, this is what, you know, this expert quote unquote expert is telling me I need to do to be successful, but it feels so wrong. And it actually feels harder than doing just what I want to do. Um, and then obviously when you went with that, you like were successful a lot faster. So I think like, I mean, and this just goes with everything in life. I think always, I think it's always just good advice to question question everything, question the status quo, question the person who's telling that you that you have to do things a, a certain way. Well, like why? If 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 you ask why and then you decide that, oh, they're an expert in this field and actually it feels really good and really aligned with me and it gives me a sense of structure to do it that way, then great, follow that and that's going to be great for you. But if it feels terrible, if it feels like it's killing your soul, like for me, I was like, why is everybody telling me that I need to see X amount of one-on-one -on -one clients first to like, what, prove myself before I'm good enough to create a course? Like, that yeah. sounds terrible. It's going to take me forever because I don't want to do it. Like, I'm just going to create the course that I want to create and launch it and see what happens and like pivot after if I need to. Yeah, exactly. The same thing with like selling. Like, that was kind of my catalyst into doing more human design was I was so fed up with like the selling advice I was getting from coaches because it was all the same exact thing. And I was like, this is frustrating. It's not fun. And it's not getting sales either. So like, what's the point? And so I kind of just like threw that out the window and was like, I just I'm gonna like sell how I want to sell show up how I want to show up. Um, And I think it's a good example of like, using my human design and how generators are meant to because we're meant to attract like the things we want to us and respond and when I started doing that like I started attracting people to me I didn't have to do like reach out strategies or like pitch myself constantly or things like that because people were coming to me instead of me constantly like pitching myself or showing up on stories 40 times a day talking about an offer endlessly or being in people's dms or anything like that Oh my God. I can't with the, I can't with the sliding into the DMs, but I am curious though. Like, is there any human design where that would actually work? I just feel like it's just an annoying strategy period aside from human design and it being exhausting, but is there one where you could see like, Oh yeah, that might work for you or just no. <laughs> I mean, my personal opinion is just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Because I think it's like, it's, I have never seen anyone who's done it well. Because I mean, like, as I'm sure all of us who have a business, we have been like DM plenty of times by people trying to do this. And I feel like I can always sniff it out, even if they're trying to like, string it out for a while. Um, maybe manifestors because their strategy is to initiate and inform. Um, but I would say like, when you're deciding on things like that, like, you know, is DM outreach strategy aligned for me? Like, one, does it align with your human design strategy? And two, like, what does your authority say? Because that's the thing that's going to be making the aligned decisions for you in business. Yeah, that that's a really good point. Well, and also just thinking about big picture, no matter what your human design, is that a good use of your time to be spending, yeah. you know, you know, your one-on-one -on -one time individually messaging a bunch of people versus like, 
again, like you said, attracting. So maybe creating like a reel where you're sharing the exact same information, but it kind of allows, like, yes, you are putting that piece of content out there, but it allows you to reach thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that can kind of be attracted to you based on their algorithm, come to your link in your bio, click on your offers, you know, whatever. So um, I love that. Thank you. This is was such a good conversation. Can you tell people more about where they can find you, um, how to work with you, all of the good stuff? So you can find me on my Instagram at Megan Sin. All of my content, all of my offers, the links to all my offers are on there. Um, I do human design readings. I do one-on-one human design coaching. And I have a money mind that's currently just one-on-one right now. It's all about um, aligning, doing all the human design work that we've like talked about in this uh, episode in terms of human design and your money. And then right now I also have the Rich Girl Summer Bundle, which is all of my um, self-paced offers, including human design and money offers for $88. I love that name. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, awesome. And then we will link to all of your offers and your Instagram and everything in the show notes. And you guys, thank you so much for watching. If you like this episode, please take a screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories. You can tag Megan at M-E-A-G-H-A-N-S-E-N-N and then me at Rebel Nutrition. And thanks again, Megan, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Wealthy, Worthy, and Wild. If you enjoyed this episode or found it helpful, would you do me a huge favor and either share it on your Instagram stories and tag me or leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you were listening to this? It helps us reach more people with this message. I love and appreciate you all so much. And remember, the most effective way to attract your desires is to start showing up as the version of you who already has those things right now. There's nothing standing in your way from feeling those feelings today. Now go have a beautiful rest of your day.